podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Inside Try Show with Helen Murray. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport with in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. Are we ready to start this thing? Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Inside Try Show sponsored by Long Range Fuel. I'm Helen Murray and this is the weekly podcast bringing you the best interviews in triathlon and beyond. So last week I said to you, if you had any old kit, hang on to it. And this week you're going to hear what you can do with it. You're also going to hear an interview with Katrina Matthews, who, if you've been listening, if you're a regular listener, then you will have heard from her briefly a few weeks ago after she won the 100-mile National Time Trial Championships. But since then, she has won her first Ironman 70.3 event since turning pro. Yep, she was first across the line at 70.3 Estonia recently, so she is in superb form. So you're going to hear from her. So both of those things are to come. But before then, I wanted to give a shout out to sponsors Resilient Nutrition. This show is sponsored by Long Range Fuel from ResilientNutrition.com, who make phenomenally tasty performance enhancing nut butters. Long Range Fuel comes in jars and it comes in pouches. So whether you are out all day training or maybe you're hiking, you're going for a massive long run along the coast, or perhaps you're working from home and you need to be alert and avoid those sugar highs and lows, then have a look into Long Range Fuel. I used their coffee and pecan energize and rebuild pouch when we cycled some of the Ironman Wales bike route recently and it is pretty insane actually just how steady I felt in terms of blood sugar levels and it's ridiculously super tasty as well and they're working with a number of top endurance athletes at the moment who are doing big endurance challenges so if it is good enough for them then I think you need to get your hands on it as well and you can get 10% off with the code InsideTry10 all lowercase over at resilientnutrition.com or just follow the link in this week's show notes at insidetryshow.com. The energized versions are really really good for performance and the calm versions well they do what they say on the tin they keep you calm but they also support your recovery and strength. And because it comes in jars or pouches, seriously, you, you don't have to ever go without the stuff. It's awesome. <laughs> now, I mentioned last week that if you did have a, any old kit, then I wanted you to hang on to it. So now you're going to know why and what you can actually do with it. So you can get rid of it. But I want you to do something quite special with it. And here is Laura Siddle to explain exactly what. Hi Helen and everyone listening to the Inside Try Show. I hope you've all been enjoying the episodes as much as I have. I really love the chat that Helen had with Hannah Grant recently and I'm looking forward to the next few episodes coming up. Helen's kindly given me some airtime to tell you about the partnership that I've just launched with Souls for Souls. Now Souls for Souls is a global organisation that collects new and gently used shoes and clothing. They turn our unwanted shoes into opportunity by creating jobs and empowering people to break the cycle of poverty. And also instead of adding to our landfills, the shoes are given a second life. 
It's something I've been working on for a few years now as I was looking for somewhere positive and proactive to send the trainers and the kit that I didn't need or use anymore. You know, I'm super lucky to be supported by some great brands and with all the travel I do. Um, but I just didn't want to throw the kit away and was looking for places where I could send it that I knew would have a real impact on someone else's life and where it could make a real difference. So it's been really exciting to get this project off the ground and also with Challenge Family. Now the idea is that when you come to a Challenge Family event, you can bring your kit that you don't want anymore and you drop it at one of the collection points at that event. Souls for Souls will then collect it afterwards and they will send it out and distribute it out around the world to the projects that they support. However, I appreciate at the moment there aren't many races and there aren't any challenge races in the UK. And for me, this project goes further. It's just about getting your trainers and your kit to Souls for Souls. So I've also been working on uh, setting up a collection point in the UK for everyone to donate to from now, straight away and immediately. So yes, it's time to do that clear out that you, you have, have been meaning to do all lockdown and send your trainers and kit to Souls for Souls. I'll ask Helen to put the UK address in the show notes, but for more information about the awesome work that Souls of Souls do, check out the videos on my Facebook page and my Instagram pages. Also, if you have any questions or want to know more about how you can help, please reach out to me at lmcid at yahoo.com or on Instagram at lmcid. Also, just because we all know Helen and the Inside Try Show is awesome, and she doesn't know I'm adding this to my spiel, but please consider becoming a patron of the show. You can become a supportive buddy or a coffee buddy, but why not, like me, join Helen as a Vino buddy and support the awesome work she does creating great interviews and chats from in and around the sport. Thanks so much for listening, and I really hope to see everyone back out on the race course soon. All of the links are indeed in the show notes. And if that doesn't work for any reason over InsideTryShow.com, then just get in touch with Laura, as she said, or get in touch with me and we will be able to give you the address, especially in the UK, to send your old kit to. I have already got a bunch of stuff set aside at home waiting for this. So I will be, when we get back from our little break, I will be sending it in the post. And as for the patron stuff that she mentioned then, I didn't know she was going to do that at all. Plummy neck, she's good, isn't she? So yeah, if you want to do that as well, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash inside try show and it is much appreciated. Time for this week's interview. So next up then, this week's interview is with Katrina Matthews. Now, rewind about 18 months ago, I want to say, and Katrina was working full-time as a physio in the army. But over the last 18 months, she started to really make a name for herself as a professional long-distance triathlete. And the army now support her to pursue long-distance triathlon, which in itself is very, very cool. But also particularly cool has been her rise and progression because she only took up triathlon in 2015. She did her first middle distance at Ironman 70.3 Calgary when she was out in Canada with the army. She just went and took the overall win. She then won the 2018 national championships. 2019 was when she got her pro card and she finished 16th at the Ironman World 70.3 championships. She did her first Ironman, so first full distance, long distance try at the end of 2019. And she was fourth on her debut, finishing in just under nine hours, which is super impressive. So that was at Western Australia. As you heard a few weeks ago, she recently was crowned the national 100 mile time trial champion. 
Then just throw into the equation the success and her recent win at Ironman 70.3 Estonia. She's also on the BMC VFit Pro Triathlon team. So they think the world of her. She's doing awesome stuff. And here is the interview. Kat Matthews, welcome to the Inside Try Show. How's it going? Hey, Helen. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Uh, happy, healthy, um, and yeah, looking forward to the future. I can't believe. So the last time we spoke was uh, about over a year ago. And honestly, it must have been like the biggest whirlwind for you since. Do, do you even like, can you even comprehend or get your head around quite what's happened in the last, say, 14 months? Yeah, it's been a really good year for me um, and, you know, everyone around me, I think, as well, which is which makes it good for me. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a whirlwind, I guess. Like, But obviously, you know, recently it hasn't it hasn't gone quickly. Um, so, yeah, I've had some I've had some goods and some slightly challenging areas, but ultimately all OK. So let's go to generally the last few months. How have you found you know, everything since lockdown, basically, and coronavirus? Um, it's the question that I probably should have prepared for, right? No, um, go from the heart. <laughs> I've been very fortunate, and it's highlighted that. Um, I know that people have been less fortunate, and there's been a lot of um, struggle out there. Um, personally, for me, I've just been... Um, able to take comfort from the fact that my my you know family and friends are all healthy, um, and that and personally I've been able to continue to sort of train and um, you know commit the time and and energy into what I absolutely love. So it's been all right. Uh, yeah, for personally it's it's been um, a. a it's been okay <laughs> what, about, what about the the lack of racing and the lack of being able to maybe tick off some of those goals for 2020 yeah I definitely had some um aspirations um but so did everyone I found the idea that you know you realize how self uh, selfish I think the sport can make you and I didn't I don't like that so I like the idea that we're all in in it together in a way and that we sort of have to help each other out and I know that social media has definitely been positive and negative for that I've tried to like work through some of those negative sides of social media um and in, like in what can you give an example in what in what sort of like way so I think uh, the big one for me is that because we aren't performing um physically you know we're not racing as as my whole sort of job and lifestyle is committed to being a good athlete I found it really hard to see any real success um and so I you're just looking on social media for how how does that person look or what's their Zwift power and I guess it is that idea of comparison but also you're trying to show that you're not just sitting at home as well doing nothing and so there's always this sort of well, how do I show this, but without showing off? And it's just been a real ch a challenge. Um, you know, it's obviously a very small challenge in the bigger picture, but um, pertinent, like sort of specific to that sort of tri pro, pro, uh, pro athlete sort of lifestyle. Um, and that's not just, just performance. It's also, I know we talked about it a little bit, like the body image side of things yeah. is that I, like you naturally see, and this is my bad, 
well, I don't know if I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here, but um, if you look at an athlete and they look lean, oh, they must be fit. It's just ingrained. And it's something that I need to um, not assume um, so much. And hopefully the wider society starts to not assume it so much. But it's definitely during this period of not performing, I haven't been able to have that outlet of being like, well, it's okay. Like this person or myself or you know they look strong and healthy and they're performing not oh they look lean they must be fit um so yeah honestly it's it's so interesting because I I haven't heard that many people talking about the that impact of social media and it's true you look at it and on one hand you kind of think it's all a load of balls like she just switched the whole thing off and then it'd be one less thing to worry about but at the same time I know that it's a, a really important kind of part of your not just your job but the the job of a of a professional triathlete is like the marketing side isn't it and to to show and things like that and yeah but if it's almost like what's real and what's not yeah Uh, and I hope I I definitely try and make sure that my I guess Instagram is my main platform of you know that it is reality um I'm I'm, obviously everyone's guilty of putting a you know a, a filter on a photo but in terms of um you know being honest about the positive and negatives I think is definitely really important and and you see it a lot you see a lot of people go through that period of slightly inactive on social media and then the next week they're really active and it's it's I think it's really normal and I don't think it has to be bad unless it really is making you sad yeah yeah I think that's a very (laughs) such a good point (laughs) it's a really good point and 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 about maybe not being able to go for some of those race goals have you missed not racing uh yes and no i my first race was meant to be challenge salu in mm-hmm. march that's miles away and um i actually when i found out it was cancelled i was gutted initially sort of you know microseconds and then I was like oh phew um because it was going to be a really early race race for me and I felt like I'd only just taken a break in December and I and I wasn't necessarily ready for it but so they had and every time another race sort of got cancelled I was like oh that's okay you know positive 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 um it I you know it's okay there'll be something else there'll be something else a key little quote that um my husband said to me was like well just think how fast you'll be by then you know when the next race comes along so and the army's given me so much like it's given me this time to train that i i can only be grateful with the opportunity that i've got now to to just keep getting better so yes the races aren't happening but i'm because i'm sort of healthy and not injured it's really just a massive opportunity and i'm actually really excited to see how how everyone will have coped with it differently and how that will show in races because it could be a massive opportunity for the top I don't know 50 pros and top 50 in every single age group to actually to actually have like massively advanced because we don't get this time when we're not racing to really lay down some like decent foundations so yeah I'm excited (laughs) I love this I'm loving the enthusiasm and you mentioned the army there I think last time we spoke were you going on to I can't quite remember was it going to be a year that they were going to give you or was it yeah so what what's the update on that then and and can you just explain what your role is with the army and and like what yeah what, what the sort of position is that 
that they are enabling you to do triathlon? Um, so I am an army physiotherapist by um, sort of employment in the British Army. Um, and within the army, they give um, they have the opportunity if you're performing at a national level to slightly sideline your primary career, which is the physio side of things. So you can focus on training for your sport. Um, last year, I was given that for like the initial year of, okay, you're good enough. Let's see how you can get on at the world champs um, in Nice. And then obviously looking forward to the GB bib in the European champs. Um, so my goals for that season were to get my professional license and um, qualify for 2020 to race professionally slash the ITU world champ. So I think when we spoke in June, I'd already ticked those boxes, obviously, really early on. And so the <laughs> army obviously were like, OK, cool. Well, let's keep supporting you. You know, you're performing really well and you're getting better. Um, and so, yeah, I've just I've continued on that pathway of the Army Elite Sports Programme and sort of tapping away. And, I, and at my target this year was September, the ITU World Champs, um, which has obviously been just yeah. put back one year. So 2021 ITU World Champs and um, personally, Kona, pro Kona 2021. Love it. Love it. And what does it... Yeah, do do you um do you miss doing the physio stuff or or are you just loving full time triathlete life? Um, I in January, February, March, sort of uh, throughout the winter and um when we weren't speaking in the autumn, um, I was working in the local sort of army base, um which wherever I was living at the time, because it obviously changed, and uh, doing a, you know, about about, um, about a day a week of clinical. So I was able to really um, invest in that sort of um, professional clinical career. And I, I absolutely loved it. I, I genuinely looked forward to the days where I was going into, like, work. Yeah. Um, but it was really, it was, it was hard. And I, and I, and doing something not at my absolute best for me I now appreciate is really challenging um and so I have to have that idea in my head that if I'm going to excel in sport I need to I can't excel at physiotherapy at this current time and that's just definitely something that I'm still working through um so I I do still commit to my um sort of professional portfolio um and it is more out of interest at the moment so it's you know it's researching things that are pertinent to um sort of maybe more elite sports rehab rather than specifically um I don't know maybe the acute twisted ankle which we see a lot of in the army um so yeah I love I love physio and it's definitely a passion um, but I am loving the athlete lifestyle. I don't, I, I don't know any, anyone who wouldn't. You get, no, you get to swim, bike and run all day long. <laughs> yeah. And this year I've managed to sort of progress my training. So last year I was doing, I, before the Ironman, I did in December, which was my first one. I, my coach, you know, who was, we were just chatting, I averaged 11 hours a week, um, which sounds uh, a little bit dubious um whereas um this year i'm you know 
well up in the sort of 18 to 24. Um, some weeks in January, I did some back to about 30 hours. Um, and then some of the lockdown weeks, obviously a little bit less because it's just been more turboing than long bike rides. But um, yeah, that being able to do that amount of hours really is like you finish a day and you're like, yeah, I've actually worked hard. Whereas I think when you're when you're able, your body's not able to cope with that much amount of training, you just you don't feel like you're achieving as much day to day. So it's been like a, a gradual increase then for you from that average 11 to more like 18, 24. Um, uh, maybe, maybe I wouldn't say gradual because <laughs> I did that Ironman in uh, the 1st of December. Then I took a month off completely. And then I went on the um, January BMC VFit camp where I did like three back to back 30 hour weeks. So but I coped, it was fine. And then I gradually sort of built that resilience up over the last three or four months. So that's now normal and it feels fine to do, you know, 20 odd hours. And it's like, yeah, cool. You know, four or five hour training days. Like we um, we already had discussed about the time trial. Um, I was definitely feeling it yesterday uh, after the race, but today it's like, yeah, cool. Right, on to the next thing. It's just It's just really nice to be that like fit and healthy. <laughs> That's great. But it's quite, it's interesting what you say about the, you know, the amount of training you're doing and your body being ready for it and things, because again, and you'll know this from your time as an age grouper, there's, there's only so much that you can fit in, in your week around life. And there is a tendency to always think that more is better, but actually it's not. Oh my goodness. It's, it's a battle that I have all the time. Um, and I used to have it but I had more things to do. So I didn't actually have the time to do more, but I still felt like I should be doing more. And now I have a bit more time. I could be doing more. I'm like, oh, maybe I should. And it's like, nope, just stick to the plan. And again, it's the the lockdown thing is that you all you see on social media is everyone training. And it was so hard to take a step back and say, like, this is what I'm doing and this is why I'm doing it. And especially with things like the Zwift racing and some of the other online platforms, it was really actually really stressful to say, no, I don't want to do this. Um, even with a little bit of peer pressure there as well. It's like, why are you not playing? You know, like, come play the game. It's like, no, I've got a run that key run session to do tomorrow. I don't want to spend an hour and a half max effort in a on a Zwift race. You know, so it's, um, yeah, it's always, there's always, you can do more, you can do more, but I know that I'm not necessarily um, normal and it might be a slightly unique, the 11 hours pre Ironman, but I did do, you know, one or two longer weeks in there, but I wouldn't say that was normal, but it's obviously is achievable. And so I think if you've got, you know, a, a coach who really understands quality training over just, um, you know, quantity, I think it's, it's really achievable. Oh, that's so refreshing to hear. How was your first Ironman experience? <laughs> I mean, it was dreamy. Um, I absolutely loved it. The fact that we had had like uh, we'd had a long weekend before it in Perth. It was like our first sort of getaway after our wedding, uh, mini honeymoon. Then we had a race week, and then we had three more weeks of honeymoon. So um, I was in a very you know comfy place going into the race. Hence the I dreamy. Don't... Yeah, it was dreamy. Um, but obviously Australia as well. It's it's lovely. It's a lovely race. There's a direct flight from London to Perth, um, sixteen and a half hours um not trying to advertise the race but uh, we will be going back um and yeah it was really good um I'd done one long swim and I'd actually done the Hawaii um like pre-swim they do the days before and I thought we didn't enter but we just did it um 
and I swam, I got out the water just behind or sort of with, um, I think it was a Heather Jackson or something. And she, I overheard her talking to Ashley Gentle. I think she was sat on her feet. Um, that they'd done 55 minutes and that was okay. And I was like, oh, sweet, 55 minutes, great. And that was the first long swim I'd done. And then um, the bike, I'd never obviously like ridden that far, I don't think before. And then the run, I'd done one long treadmill run, which was about 22, 22, 23, so something like that. Um, and so I'd never run a marathon before. So I went into it with a little Sorry, bit my, of my eyes are like, whoa, wide. <laughs> this is a... Um, so, but that was just, so I'd done some long brick sessions, but my longest run, and that was due to, really due to just sort of um, resilience. Like I had some calf issues all through, just, I just had to be really on top of it. And an hour and a half run of that in November for me was like a really long run, but I managed a two hour treadmill run, um, which gave me quite a lot of motivation. And um, so, yeah, going into the race, I had these numbers in my head and I think I, I think I put it on social media, but um. I'd written out the splits and I, what I do going into it is I obviously look at past results and look at um, times that people have done, look at transition times. And then I've got a sort of plan of how long it's going to take. When I added all that up, it was, you know, I think it was, um, it was a sub nine. And I was like, well, this is a little bit unrealistic, but you know, th this is the data I'm putting out in training. So I'm just going to go for it. And it, it literally within, within minutes, it came to plan. So I swam a 55, the transitions were spot on. I think I biked slightly quicker than I had hoped because I think obviously the conditions and maybe maybe the conditions were slightly quicker. Um, and then the run, I was a minute off. I was a minute off. I was a bit, <laughs> <laughs> but I did stop to go to the toilet. And that's something I will continue to practice is my um, nutrition. Being on the go. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> the other kind of toilet. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I need the loo. I need the loo um it's yeah i think it's such it's such it's another really great bit of triathlon sort of i love it the tactics of how much do you fuel and how much can your body cope with how the heat and sort of body stress of running how that affects it um yeah it's it's something i'll continue to toy with i think in the last 10k of that run how how were you feeling um and this is probably really annoying to hear but i i paced it perfectly <laughs> It was, it was like some, um, dreamy. Yeah. Dreamy. Um, it's actually, um, Ben DeWolf from the BMC team sports um, director. He said to me, um, just remember like no one wins the Ironman run in the first 10 K. Um, you know, it's always the last 10 K that actually matters. And so I set off at exactly in my head, I set off at four thirties running. I was going to run every K at four thirties. Um, because that's what I'd done in some of my training. And if I had more to give, because obviously that feels quite slow when you're thinking about running 350s for a 70.3, um, if if I had more to give, I'd give it in the last, you know, 10K. Um, I didn't have more to give, um, <laughs> but I ran maybe the first couple of K slightly quicker, you know, maybe a 415, a 420, got the, you know, slow down um, piece. Finger, finger of. <laughs> finger, yeah. Um, which I was trying, but as you, you know, you and everyone else who hears this knows, it's so hard when you get off the bike not to run. But I think you just yeah. give yourself 2K and just really settle down. Um, and yeah, and I, ha I have a perfect graph. Like it's a beautiful 430s all the way through, um, ish, ish. So the last 10K, obviously you're starting to get the leg fatigue 
and I was needing the loo. Um, but other than that, it was great. And I was just so, there was, the support was fantastic. I went through the last, you know, getting all the wristbands. Yeah, I, that, yeah. I've had that before. <laughs> it was so much fun. Um, so, yeah. And I was, I was wearing um, my army triathlon uh, race kit as well at the time. And that was massive for me. Like to cross the line, um, you know, in army kit was, yeah, it was pretty cool. And I just I think I was um just to add, it's a little bit of a gloat, sorry. I think I'm about a minute down on the army men's Ironman record. So I know my husband's trying to enter a fast Ironman to make sure that he drops that by another 10, 15 <laughs> minutes, so I can't get it. Um but yeah, that's a target for the future, maybe next year. There isn't any competitiveness then in your house. <laughs> it's actually not at all that's what's really nice about it because we're never actually competing against each other he's better than me at all three of the sports like and together as well so it's not there's no real competition it's really quite nice it's got a really supportive environment I I it's so refreshing to uh hear your enthusiasm and just see your eyes light up when you're talking about you know the the Iron Man and and everything over the past year and then of course BMC you're on this team how did that come about what's it like being on like a world-class triathlon team it really is amazing with the the main thing for me is that confidence it's someone from you know outside of your own personal circle saying yes you've got the talent um we're going to invest in you um because obviously before you know it's normally it's just you saying i think i can do this or it's somebody else probably saying you can definitely do that. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. You don't, you don't really believe it. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, having someone else and some and a team with such credibility and international success, success it's like, okay, wow, you want me? Are you sure? Um, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I fulfill, you know, my end of the deal. Um, and in terms of the support, it's been fantastic. Like I, I genuinely believe I'm, and I guess that time trial might have proved it, on the fastest bike in the world. And so, yeah, it, it's it's really it's really great. We went on the. Um, I found out just after my wedding in November, before my Ironman. Um, so that that did put a little of personal pressure on myself for the Ironman because I was like, well, now I've really got to, you know, <laughs> really got to perform. But they were so great about it because it's like it's your first one. There was no expectation. Um, and then our first camp in January was brilliant. Like I I got to train alongside you know, the rest of the team um, and go out on some really great bike rides and try and keep up on some of the swims. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was fantastic. And it, it it was nice to see how other people trained. And I think that's something as well that you don't get um, unless you're going on training camps with other professionals or even age group um, camps. You, you, you realise that there's so much variety out there. People are doing such different things and still performing at, you know, what's right for them. And there's no one right way. And that was quite nice. So, was there one one thing in particular that really did surprise you about any of those sessions from other people? That I need to be more dedicated. <laughs> I think it it opened my eyes to the lifestyle of professional athletes, and I've really taken that on board over the last six months of what is what is necessary and what is just expected. Um, just in terms of routine, there was, like, I would, and I, I sure love me saying this, I'm sure, is that I was sharing a room with um, Chelsea Stadaro and um, 
we had we decided to go swimming at sort of I think it was like seven every morning before breakfast just and my coach is I one told my coach that I was like I want to swim every single day and he was like okay um and she would get up at like six and make coffee and do her morning routine and I was I was like sorry what uh, <laughs> I'm getting up at 10 to 7 and I'm just walking straight to the pool and diving in because it's so cold um, and so it's just one of those yeah another eye-opener that there's there's a lot more that you can do if you have the time and then it's up to me I guess to determine what I invest that time in so probably won't be getting up an hour early but I might be getting up 20 minutes early and sort of focusing and then, you know, making sure I do have a coffee before I get in so I can actually make the most of the session rather than just sort of stumbling through it. And I definitely think that's something I used to do um, when I was working was just stumbling through a session. Cool tip done. Green on training peaks. You know, it doesn't it doesn't mean as much. I, I'm a massive believer that the sort of the psychology of you investing in the session and being present and understanding why you're doing it actually physiologically improves adaptation. But don't have the science to back that up yet fascinating stuff and and then things like uh i don't know with the, taking the time to stretch afterwards or not not necessarily even stretch but just doing core work or the little bits like i don't know working your your toe muscles that sort of thing <laughs> yeah that's a social media thing isn't it Ooh, I don't know. If, they're working, if they're working their toe muscles maybe i should be working my toe <laughs> muscles it's definitely one of those things like oh is that a new core exercise maybe i should do that exercise no i am um, with my physio background i have real confidence in knowing what is a good use of time and what is not necessarily it's fine if you want to do that great but that's it's it will be more for your peace of mind rather than your body um so some people do a lot of core some people do a lot of stretching great if that's what works for you i'm sure it works for you um i actually stole i'm going to steal a quote from um george goodwin i had a chat with him and a couple of the others for an army podcast webinar thing we were doing he said his old coach told him oh do you ever see a racehorse stretching um which i absolutely love um so if there's a reason to stretch then fine but i think there are better things to be doing um and i tried to put a little bit of that out on social media um over lockdown in terms of strengthening um aspects of weakness but again it's it's finding the balance um we haven't no one's been to the gym if you've been lucky enough to have a home gym then you've probably continued your normal routine and felt quite smug about it but if you haven't which is what most people have done you've done some sort of ad hoc home routine and again have have you got injured well maybe you have but i mean i i haven't so um for my sort of learning from that is that as long as you're conditioned for the work that you're doing and you're slowly increasing whatever you're doing, your body adapts and it can cope with it. If you want to make performance gains, that's slightly different. So obviously um, I've been working a little bit on my hips for um, that control during running and cycling, but that's not necessarily a gold standard. It's just something that's unique for me and that I'm going to focus on. Um, so yeah, I can't remember what you asked now, but tangent it's like you're you're like a a mine of information it's great there's like intelligence there's maturity towards racing and training and philosophy it's yeah i think we can all learn a lot from you kat and i mean in a nice way you're looking like what but no i mean honestly i mean it in a very very nice way um what about mindset because just before we hit record you were talking about 
some psychologist and, and working on yeah the psychology side of things so fill us in um so part of the um army package is that they have links with the universities and they do um they link in with the talented athlete scholarship scheme which is a university program for uh, students um but also army athletes and part of that package is that we have access if we want to to see a sports psychologist and I did see one at the end sometime, I think it was like October time. Um, and my husband actually said, you're never going back because I came home and I was like, I just don't know why I'm doing it. What's the point of it all? Um, and I did go back and we discussed it and I feel like I got a lot out of it and I sort of solidified those, um, you know, those reasons, that sort of classic find your why. And then I saw, I had an online chat with someone in, um sort of april may time with a different um psychologist uh, at bath university and he was brilliant and again it, some sh sort of short-term strategies for a few things that we've already discussed in terms of social media and um, body image and then also that that motivation piece because a lot of the reasons why i wasn't as um you know the questions that i had there's potentially some slight negatives i was feeling i wanted to chat about and he he gave me that focus of saying, well, why are you doing the sport? What's the point? Um, you know, write down what your actual goals are, find out what it means to you. Like, who do you want to be as an athlete? Um, you know, what are your sort of morals? And it was actually really easy for me to put that down on paper. And then when we had the idea that racing was going to be taken away and I might not get the opportunity to have you know, to fulfill what I what I have now sort of solidified as what I want, um, I sort of fought back against it. And I, I remember emailing someone back and saying, no, no, like no one's taken this opportunity away from me. Like I'm more motivated now than I've ever been to to just be better when I can race again in the future. Um, and that was really nice. And I definitely motivated me through a lot of, you know, May, June, July. Uh, yeah. Wow. It's... <laughs> And do you wish that you had maybe had a bit of sports psychology support earlier? Uh, no, I, I'm pretty happy. I I don't think, as a person, I don't really have regrets. I think if you've made a choice at the time, then that's the choice you made for a reason, and then you sort of stick with it and go forward. But I I also think personally, from what I've been told and from what I see, I think I've got a relatively strong sort of mental outlook anyway um but it's nice what i've benefited from chatting to the sports psychologist about is the idea is that that time is a self a sort of self an acceptable selfish time for you just to talk about you um which i find difficult in other sort of scenarios because i always feel a little bit like well i don't you know let's not talk about triathlon or you know let's talk about something else um because it you don't always want to talk about yourself um so that that was the positive of it was that it's it's an acceptable time to really just voice how you feel and you mentioned a, a bit earlier as well about the sometimes it, it can be quite a a selfish sport and a selfish lifestyle how do you uh, get rid of some of those thoughts I guess or how do you deal with with those feelings yeah I think um perspective is the is the word of choice isn't it and I think again the last six months have really shown us that you've got to have perspective and not in a preachy way um you know oh calm down it's just triathlon just in a way that it's like well you know that 
ultimately you don't your ultimate goal for me it's not to be the best athlete I can be it's to be happy in life and I think if I if I be the best athlete I can be and I'm not happy then what's that then it's like what's the point whereas if I'm happy and I'm performing and everything's going okay then then that's the whole package so I think the perspective of just being um able to say well it's it is about triathlon but it's also not and have living with someone else as well you're always thinking about their happiness probably above your own and so the pub in our priority list as a couple is probably quite high compared to um that recovery shake or whatever i maybe i should be having and maybe i can have the recovery shake in the car on the way to the pub because i'm not i we can drive because i'm not drinking so it's just it's just find the balance um i'm really lucky um with um the support i get from my husband and i'm sure most people are the same but it is it's definitely a balance um my friends have started to accept the fact it's my it's my job rather than a hobby and so it's absolutely fine if i miss you know a zoom call because i'm on the turbo or if i'm answering the phone call and i'm sweating you know it's so you it's fine that balance is you find your own individual one don't you yeah definitely and and the mental strength that you mentioned before cat and you said that you you feel that internally you are actually you do have that very very strong mental mindset where do you think that comes from um crikey uh I think it's probably a development thing I don't think there's a scenario that I can think of that I you know specifically learned from I think it's a a childhood of understanding that for me the effort put in equals results and I was lucky enough to see that through um academic work and sports um and I see that still now I I still haven't reached that point where I'm not getting the results that I want and so if I invest the time I get the results and it's a really simple do you want to get the results yes okay invest the time um I think there's definitely some times that I look back at my childhood in terms of sport and I say to my dad I'm like well I don't really fancy it today and he's like okay and then it's my decision and maybe half an hour late I think I might have mentioned it before you know half an hour later um I'm like actually I do want to go and he's like okay so it's it's all it was always my choice um you know and it's the same now if I don't feel like a session I I either have a think and I think why am I not feeling like this session is there an actual reason or it's a come on man up just get it done or it's a we'll just push it back and then we'll reevaluate because sometimes that session isn't worth doing and I'm I'm massive for not just blindly following a program that my coach has set and I think that he really appreciates it too and I'll, and I'll sort of comment and I'll say just not the day for this session and I won't try and fit that in another day most of the time um, unless I can see see how it would be mutually beneficial to other sessions but um yeah I think it's just having that perspective and knowing knowing your body and also if you've made a decision just stick with it you know i don't be like, oh, maybe I should do this. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Just be like, okay, this is why I've made the decision. Done. I wish I could. I wish I could have that mentality. <laughs> it's just, I'm a flip flopper. <laughs> I'm not always like that. I promise. I'm. I'm like. I'm. I'm really. I'm quite a worrier. I. I have to make a lot of lists and I overanalyze everything. Um, I'm definitely aware of that, which is, is quite can be quite stressful. But yeah, I'm, I process, I overanalyze everything, and I just I often don't voice most of that. 
thank thank goodness for the sports psychologist seriously (laughs) (laughs) and so Kat Kona then you were able to go there last year watching you want to be on that start line right In, in the pro field oh yeah um I I never understood it before um actually going out there I genuinely I used to sort of mock people's enthusiasm for it like it's just another triathlon don't be so weird but oh my goodness and I sort of hate myself a little bit for saying it but honestly the 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 vibe the the sort of Kona atmosphere is absolutely bonkers it's like no other race you can imagine and then the whole lifestyle for the weeks leading up to it is insane because you're just surrounded by equally um, keen and and fit and healthy individuals who just want to do the best for them and because they're already at Kona everybody's always already really happy and excited no one lots of people are there they're not really there to compete they just want to you know complete um which is a fantastic you know positive um atmosphere and so yeah, now I'm I'm mildly obsessed with the idea of being on the pro start line. Like it, well, I was I was properly starstruck, even though um, I'd raced a couple of pro races already by then. Um, but seeing my uh, husband and some of my friends finish that marathon, oof, it's it's a hard race. Um, but with the right preparation, I think yeah, I'm really looking forward to not just being there, but like genuinely like performing and excelling there. You're just like, bring it on, aren't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, there's too much um, sort of pent up, like, I need to race. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'll be over that in, you know, a couple of races in. I'll have one bad race and I'll be like, ah, oh, take us back to lockdown. <laughs> I'll do a bit more physio work. <laughs> oh, Kat, it's been so good to catch up. Thank you so much for your time. No, not at all. It's been really fun chatting to you, Helen. Hopefully some people have some takeaways for it. I think there's loads of takeaways. Honestly, many for me. Thanks for listening to the Inside Try Show. If you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything, then reach out to Helen on Instagram or Twitter at Inside Try Show. I love Kat's honesty. She's so honest there, isn't she? It's refreshing about social media and things like that. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to continue to follow her closely over the next few seasons because I reckon there's going to be some good stuff happening. It's going to be cool. So we've been near Tempe this week uh, for the non-Ironman. We came down anyway, made the most of our accommodation and it's been epic just to have a change of scenery and just I feel so much more refreshed. It's Oh, it's amazing what a bit of sea air can do, isn't it? We've done coastal walks, coastal runs. We've been out on our bikes, as I said earlier. We've had fish and chips. All the kind of things that you do when you head to the coast in the UK for a bit of a break. Because yes, we have had rain as well. But it's been ace. And, oh, yeah. Oh, I just, I see I'm smiling. And, and you might hear that it's a little bit echoey. And that is because I'm sitting at a dining room table recording this. So not, you know, with my normal... Um, sound stuff I should say so anyway I'm gonna leave you because I want to quite frankly go back outside it's sunny I need to be outside so this week's show has been sponsored by Long Range Fuel who make phenomenally tasty performance enhancing nut butters use the code inside try 10 for a discount on their products over at resilientnutrition.com and do remember actually if it wasn't for those guys then It'd be very difficult for me to, you know, carry on doing all this kind of stuff. So they are actually sponsoring the show, which I am super grateful about. So 
if you can support the products who support me, then that is much appreciated. Thanks too to 33fuel.com and comfuel.co.uk for their continued support. For natural and yummy bars and ultimate daily greens, then 33fuel.com is the place to go. Use the code InsideTry33 for a discount at checkout. If pick and mix is more your thing and you want different energy products, different gels, bars, sweat tests, water bottles, whatever you want, then pop over to Comfuel and you can get 20% off everything with the code InsideTry. So until next week, when you're going to hear an interview with Marinda Carfrey, oh yes indeed, do look after yourself, look after those around you. Thank you so much for listening and for all of your continued support and we'll speak again then. Podcast Network.